And then it's like, the fussy fella's verdant view, words, viewers, bum, 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 Hello and welcome to Fossey Fellas Verdon Viewers, the podcast about the FX musical drama series Fossey Verdon that is currently running on FX in the year of our Lord 2019. Uh, my name is Jimmy Blackman. Hashtag not our Lord. My name is Marty Scanlon. Uh, not my lord when i say our lord i'm of course referring to the goddess michelle williams uh this is a (laughs) podcast in which we watch the television series fossey fellas or fossey verdon and become become (laughs) better better fellas and better even better viewers uh and uh we're 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 just a couple of guys who uh watched half of smash and now we're watching fossey (laughs) verdon and are just sort of adrift in the world yeah, but we're, I would say at least, I won't speak for you, but uh, I'm enjoying this significantly more, so it's been good. Me too. It's been a, it's been a good time, and we're here this week to, uh, to talk about uh, the third episode. Do you got that title there? Do you know that title? Uh, let's see. Um, I was going to say Baby's All Right, but that's not it's, it. It's like it's my baby, meet, my, my, meet my baby, meet the baby. <laughs> Me and my baby. Me uh, and my baby. Is the name of the episode. Uh, I, I, my thought was like... Um, like yeah baby's all right i knew it had baby in it like baby's gonna be just fine i was i was trying i was struggling to 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 hit it they're all names of bars in brooklyn like no every episode <laughs> of fossey verdon is just a brooklyn bar that's right yeah <clears throat> who's got the pain is a uh, an snm themed bar in bushwick uh, yeah you, you gotta pay a 20 dollar cover and everybody's wearing leather <laughs> um i do just want to say um that for like our one our one uh, crossover listener out there. We're on the eve of um, another big celebrated television evening. And I just want to say that I think that we're going to find out tonight that Gwen Verdon was warging into Bob Fosse for the entire season. And uh, the White Walkers are going to destroy all of the dances that he created. Well, I'll tell you this. I am not a crossover watcher of these. so I I can tell by the look on your face. (laughs) I I just knew when you said that. Is is tonight, and we're we're recording this on Sunday night, uh, is tonight an especially monumental? Yeah, it's going to be like a Big Thrones episode. So to our one crossover listener out there, what's up? I would assume Kevin? I would assume most of our <laughs> listeners watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, think I think most right. people watch Game of Thrones. I just I'm a stubborn little boy who I won't understand. watch. Um, I bet we I, would actually have very similar opinions about it, which is that it's a really well made show with mostly bad writing. Yeah, I I watched like most of the first season pretty late, probably when they were on like season three or so, and I uh-huh. I just I I couldn't I couldn't quite get into it. It's very very beautifully made, but it it just yeah. didn't. Um, I am seeing tonight, um, just in terms of bandwagon stuff that I'm not fully on board with, but for the, I'm, I'm seeing Endgame tonight, even though I like have uh-huh. maybe seen probably less than half of the Marvel movies, but sometimes some cultural moments you just have to grab onto and before they're spoiled for you, which I'm, I've, I've avoided the, I've avoided the, the noid. <laughs> <laughs> That's we should bring the the Domino's Pizza Noid should exist more in culture as as a just sort of general figure of spoilerdom. Yeah, the noid. just like avoid the noid. Yeah, 
Um, well, we're not avoiding the Noid in this episode. We're, no, we we're will be noiding in. out on uh, episode three of Fosse Fellows Verdon viewers. Fosse Verdon. At this point, I consider at this point it's to be called Fosse yeah. Fellows Verdon viewers. Yeah. Um, this was a this was a good one. I feel like it's gonna. I feel like the the answer for me is gonna always be consistently starting with yeah. This was a good one. Like I I, I think they're I think they're all good. Was this I, the best episode of the three? Definitely not. No, I I I mean I agree that it's a consistently pretty good show. I I think this I had I had uh, this would be my least favorite thus far of the three, and in a sort of frustrating way yeah. because. I, and again, you're like you said. It's very. It's there were sure. a ton of stuff I liked about it, um, but in a way where it it was Gwen centered. But I my big overarching thing about this episode was that I I it I find it frustrating when a character only gets to get depth through a flashback in which they are played by somebody else. I think it uh-huh. does a disservice. It, it reminded me a lot of that season of Mad Men where it would always flash back to little Dick Whitman in the right. whorehouse. In the whorehouse, yeah. And it just never, it that those never quite worked for me. Th- these flashbacks felt a little bit similar and I, it felt a little bit cheesy for me to get to them via this uh, sense memory conceit sure. of her working on a play it felt it just felt a little uh, a little tv in a in a way but yeah. what, what what were your overall thoughts i mean i guess i i, I thought also i thought this was probably the the weakest episode so far but i did think that like the 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 parts that they did manage to get to emotionally resonated with me maybe more than because i i didn't even really think of that like oh yeah they're using this device as like you have to access your memories and i just was kind of like oh i was just happy to see more of her stuff but um, totally and i and i get why they did it i i don't i think that it's just it's just frustrating because with Fosse they're able to find all this stuff that's like front and center right now and her stuff is a lot less active but sorry go on no i just but i yeah i i enjoyed it i just think she's great so i just anytime i'm like watching her which to your point i thought they cast the 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 girl who played her really well but i was, yeah, she was I, I definitely she was fine definitely understand what you're saying of like you know let's let's let the emotional heavy lifting happen with the actor who's actually doing the thing and let's figure out a way to make it creative and let them like grapple with those things in the present tense where they get to like you know interact with the the cast that we know like rather than having it be this sort of hermetically sealed like here's these roughly drawn family characters who we'll never see again and it's Um, you and santino Nobody that's else. right that's right uh tootsie himself up there <laughs> i wrote uh a, a like a treatment for a thing that i wanted to spank at ucb that was called tutus and it was um a thing where i couldn't get on a house team so i dressed up as uh like a woman and uh-huh. tried to like play very confidently and then i got on a house team and the moral of the story was everyone was like dude we and my name was Tutis, even though it doesn't make any has nothing to do with Tootsie. And uh-huh. I was like, "Yeah, dude, we we know it was you. You just seemed way happier when you were like not worried about what other right. people thought of you." Right. <laughs> TM TM. Uh, nobody steal my amazing that's... my amazing thirty minute play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that could really be stolen and put up anywhere. This very in story yeah. about uh, <laughs> trying to audition <laughs> about for the Upright Lloyd Citizens Brigade Theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in like three years, that won't even be able to go up anywhere right cp will be closed you know Uh, (laughs) um but yeah so i i mean i i guess my like 
uh, other side of the coin on what I've said is I think that they kind of had to do that, do the, sure. the flashback thing, because like we've talked about, Gwen Verdon's whole deal is that she's sort of a, um, her, her story is a lot less dynamic because it is mostly about being this like smart second fiddle and right. you can't change history and make her you know in in life she never it seems never really did like um fully push back against bob she she ended the relationship but she never like um you know she she continued that working relationship for both their lives so there's only so right. much you can do to like really really delve into that stuff when when her actions aren't going sure. to, to allow it i really liked the uh the standing ovation yes the star is born moment was uh, that was amazing yeah that was that was really good and that was like you know no no the the young act the actress who played young gwen was great but like when you switch over to like that's like the youngest version of gwen we'll probably ever see michelle williams play and it's just like immediately like the lights turn on in the character in a way where it's where it's so exciting yeah that was a really really well done sequence and i loved there's just a lot of smart like kind of exciting directing choices that happen on this yeah. show. Like you don't ever see the audience in that sequence. Which, I loved that. Yeah. Which may partially be like a practical production thing of like sure. getting the extras and stuff, but like you could, a, a, a less smart director would show us like the first two rows of the audience and create the feeling of it, but you don't ever see a single audience member. Right. And it's just, it's about it to me. It just like creates this feeling of just like, Oh yeah, it's just, that validation that just like blank amorphous blob of like that physical adrenaline rush of validation is what these people are going for and and you absolutely recognize it in yourself too where it's like oh yeah if you think of like your favorite memory of like being on stage and people loving it it's never at least for me it's not about like that person was in the audience and saw me it was it's that just mass darkened theater effect you're like oh yeah that is kind of fucked up but that's what we that's what drives us well and also like the way that it was directed it was so um it was her and her alone and only her and it's very thematically sound because you know it's like in order to get where she got she had to you know she had to go through hell she had to go through terrible things she had to make decisions that you know at least in in the show you know i don't know much about her 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 life but in in the show it's like you know obviously decisions that are impossible to grapple with you know leaving her son and right uh you know sort of forcing his care into her parents and so in that moment to see this thing celebrated as like this is a solo moment of um victory was really very cool and then I, I think that that provides a little bit of an interesting new shade to the character where, I mean, I'm, I just watched this a few hours ago and I'm still sort of piecing together my thoughts on it. But like I, my read on that, at least, is that she learns through through the terrible trauma that she went through that, like, basically the only person she can trust is herself and her own talents uh-huh. And then we see, like, in this present day thing, her being in this play where this director and this, like, sort of bad script where they're just, like, they're not, she's she becomes just sort of this uh, object that they don't, that they don't really want her there. She doesn't really want to be there and she feels incredibly frustrated. But then she goes back to Bob by the end because for all of his flaws, Bob, like, you know, recognizes her as a singular creative force. 
Right. Um, that play. Yeah. I forget what it's called. Shoot. I, re- I was looking up a little bit about it and I read a summary of it and I'm, I'm trying to find it. I meant to save it, but I was at work. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't catch the name of it. Something, something. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was like children, children or something. Let me see. It's not the children's hour, right? No, that's a, that's a different, that's a uh, Lillian Hellman. That's oh, right. Fuck, that's I right. really hope I'm right. You're right about Lillian Hellman and the children's yeah, hour. Children's hour is like the libel, like the girl says that, um, it's like the two women who are, um, I, uh, while you're looking that up, I love, yeah. uh, this show does a great job of casting and it's, I, I think I've talked about this a little bit before. And so it's, it's clearly just a little bit of a, of a thing that I have, but that I, where I, I think it and Mad Men are so successful together is just casting these people that so fit in the world of sixties, New York, like I just love the actor who plays the director of that oh, play. He's Something great. about him is just so I don't know what it is, but sometimes you see people that just don't quite click in it. Like uh, you know, Santino whatever his name is. Like it's just like I don't I don't totally buy him as a guy from that era when he pops up there. But sure. certain people just so, feel so so right and that that actor just kills it and just is like smug and and untrusting of her in the right way where it doesn't feel at all arch it doesn't feel like like Derek or something like that it feels yes. like he's just you know he you get this vague sense you know he makes like the whatever Lola wants joke you, you get this sort of vague sense that he sees her as this sort of disposable musical theater actress who doesn't right. you know isn't totally sort of one, fit yeah and sort of one note like can do one thing well and should stick to that thing right and and the way that he notes her and the way that he talks with her is just this like dismissive and just the right way where it's just like oh those are good notes like he's giving her notes that work you can't really pin it down you can't say like oh look at that he's an asshole but you right. just you feel her frustration building up well anyone that I, I don't know I keep on saying I think or maybe I say this to Ali while we're watching but like this is a show about a theater that is absolutely made by theater people in a way that smash was informed by theater people but maybe not necessarily always made by it but like that scene of like giving the notes and really going hard in and then her being like are we done and he's like no we're we're not done you have more notes like it felt yeah. so much like oh my god i've i've had that exact you know you know it's nothing to do with the historical part of it it's just like oh my god this is a show that is obviously made by people who know and do theater yeah yeah, that's the thing with Smash. Uh, you know, not not to make everything have to be a comparison, but with Smash, I feel like the the like root ideas came from people that understood theater and and even a lot of the writing. But maybe the way that it was made, like the way those directed and acted, yeah. felt like it went through this cipher of like TV drama having to turn everything. Like a thing about notes on Smash might turn into like this storyline of. You know, she's you're giving her. Yeah, you uh, gave her more notes than notes. me. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> right? Like, why can't you? Where it's like, no, for an actual actor, you're just like, fuck, man. That's like, I that's like a lot of notes. I thought I did a good job. You know, it's just like yeah. these little. But those things have just as much dramatic power at the end yeah. of the day. Um, can I read you the Samuel French synopsis of Children, Children? 
I would like nothing more than I uh, shout out to playbill.com. There was a uh, Fosse Verdon. Is it recap. is it a children exclamation point children? It is. Is it really? Oh my yes. god, that's the um, most sixties theater thing. Isn't that amazing? Ever. Yeah. Uh, well, I did not read this recap from Fosse Verdon playbill.com, but shout out to them for pulling this up. Um, so right. on the samuelfrench.com website, this is like a long paragraph, but here goes. It's wild. <clears throat> On a New Year's Eve, a fashionable couple depart for a party with a doctor and his wife, leaving their precocious children, three preteen boys and a girl, in the care of a new babysitter whose conscience requires her to announce that she recently recovered from a nervous breakdown. The children proceed to torture the babysitter, beginning with a story of how a previous babysitter dropped dead right before their eyes of a heart attack, proceeding through sadistic turns, including a pitch at lovemaking by the first boy, and then the girl, and ending with a tumble down the stairs. On returning home, the sitter is not able to convince the parents that it all happened. They merely think her still mentally unstable. Then we in turn see in the viciousness of the parents the source of the children's diabolism. Wow. Diabolism. Diabolism? Diabolism. Diabolismo. Diablo 3 available with DLC on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, yeah, Gwen Verdon is actually a, a character skin you can download on uh, Diablo 3. You know, the um, Fosse, uh, like, reskin. Yeah. Um, all right. That sounds, A, like a great sort of, like, Pinteresque, uh, yeah. you know, like, uh, menacing comedy. It also sounds like it would be a good role for Gwen Verdon. So, hopefully, it, it all works out. Well, it uh, opened and closed the same night. So, <laughs> wow. Jimmy just almost did a, a real live spit take. I don't know why that was so shocking to me, but, like, normally it's like, oh, it opened and then closed a week late. Like, opening and closing on the same night is yeah. pretty bad. Like, that's... How do you not fill a theater just one night? Maybe it was advanced sales weren't uh, Yeah, I think that's there. typically what it is, right? That yeah. if it's just not going to make any money or if it's losing money right. already, then... Right. They'll take but, it to opening and then kill it. But I know nothing. Again, me, a man who pitched Tudis as a play. <laughs> Uh, here's a little Game of Thrones uh, reference for you that I'm able to do. You know nothing, Marty Scanlon. There it is. <laughs> um, what else in this episode? You get we get a little more Norbert Leo Butts as Patty Chayefsky. I think that's I think it's a great performance. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Um, Norbert Leo Butts is sometimes he's someone who's such a great stage actor, and sometimes on film comes across a little big maybe i've never uh, seen him on film besides this unless i have uh, i just didn't know i had he was in that show bloodline which is most famous for its trailer is that the in boat? Which kyle uh it's like it's florida keys it's we're not bad people but we did a bad thing yeah the boat show. Uh, yeah yeah uh great boat cast boatline uh one of one of sam shepherd's last uh on-screen performances uh, oh, for his passing um but it's a it's a cheesy bad show. But uh, but Norman Leo Butts is is great. As I don't I don't have really any frame of reference for Patty Chayefsky other than the fact that he wrote Network. But I've never like seen a interview with him or anything. Yeah. So who knows? Could be a terrible uh, impression. But I uh, looked up a, a picture of him today, and it was he looked a lot like the picture. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, um, I thought it was so nice to see dance on camera that looked amazing i was i like loved those opening the, dance like, opening numbers sequence yeah yeah, yeah like i'm on top cool. of the world and then like i'm getting sucked into my work i, I thought right. that was really brilliant right. yeah i love that the show's just like willing to take a big stab like that where it's like it sort of within the world of the show so far it's not really been established that there's like non-diegetic 
musical numbers really and they just yeah. like did one and it was like oh that's fine like it like the show is like it has the self-confidence uh where i think it knows that it can like sort of veer fairly wildly tonally and, it, and it'll be all right yeah um what else well so there's the whole this the sort of b plot the um the fossey plot is editing cabaret oh yeah um which i i think the the actual i i would it felt a little broad strokes where i didn't quite understand like i couldn't really see, i mean i get that the ultimate answer was like what what gwen says which i thought was was telling which is like you you didn't need me here you just hate to be alone or whatever yeah. like i thought i thought that was interesting but i wish i could see a little more of we just see this like one little shot of Vilkeman and I don't really get because I, I do think one of Bob Fosse's great skills is his like his editorial vision. kind of, Like I think that's what makes Cabaret a really interesting movie and all that jazz feels similarly like and we've talked about it with Fosse Verdon the way they like cut to music in interesting ways and stuff. And I, I would like to have been able to see a little bit more of like the Cabaret that didn't work and yeah. then how he cut it in a way that that did work. Um but I liked I liked that the, I liked both the performance of the editor and the assistant editor, um, and I liked Ethan Slater as Joel Gray. I thought he was very good. Uh, yeah, he he was good. Who who's Ethan Slater? Uh, Ethan is was uh, SpongeBob. Oh, very okay. very okay. talented performer. Yeah. Very. You know very one great. thing. Uh, one th- he, he he was very good. I hope I hope that we see uh, see more of that performance. Uh, one thing that I liked that I like a lot in general about the show that we haven't really talked about is they never ever do the thing where they like put in real video of the thing yes. and like you know we just never meet Joel Gray as a character and we just instead see him there which is like an easy cheat that often works well in movies where you just sure. you see the real performance on on the screen and only ever see the person in like silhouette or out right, of or focus they're, or they're or talking about him at a bar later and you're like okay right, i get right. it right the like the sort of the forest gump or whatever but I like that this world just that they just fully they just fully they cast, cast out all these people to a degree I where you're just same. like where you're kind of like oh there's a lot of like really famous people they have to show yeah but they just they, again they just full they take go on to the problem head first and are just like here's Liza Minnelli here's uh, Neil Simon here's whoever that that you're just like oh I just I'm now like in the world of the show and I believe it. It, it it all does sort of feel very Mad Men-esque to me. It's just like a yeah. lot of tertiary but not bullshit characters that are all like world-building characters and all period-appropriate and real, which is the crazy and, part, but they feel like fictional characters because right. they're so iconic. Right, that's true. And and even the people who are not uh, famous but I assume are real, like like uh, Gwen Verdon's agent or something, where they yeah. just, they take, they make the effort to like, cast the perfect person in that role where a lot of shows you know smash but a ton of shows that aren't smash just will like whatever actor they can get for that part it's sort of like a throwaway thing and he's just like he's 60s man number three and now here's 60s man number four but these characters these actors and it's a lot of credit to the actors and a lot of credit to the directing and the casting they just they feel lived in in yeah. a way. That, the whole world feels that way to me. Yeah, it has grit and character to it, and that and it, it is very similar to Mad Men in that way. Where I mean, that's an easy comparison because of the '60s thing, but I think it really is true. Where it's just letting these character actors just really, 
even if it's five lines of dialogue, they rest on them and like let us see their reactions and let us sit in the scene in a way that feels nobody feels tertiary, even though they completely are tertiary characters. Yeah. Um, you look like Che Guevara in <laughs> Evita right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a joke for just me, but uh, is is very very accurate. It's just a baseball cap, but it it's but just it's a backwards, backwards cap. So it looks like a black and bandana. I'm, I'm wearing a green uh, flannel shirt that looks fairly revolutionary. Very and Jay, it's like and got... it's like un, it's like it's like two buttons undone. So you got like yeah some yeah. Chest it's got a little the... bit of the uh, yeah yeah. I also like got a, a bit of a sunburn this weekend, so I'm I'm looking fairly like rugged. I think I'm looking uh, like yeah. I could be out there um, uh, R- rallying, rousing the, the troops. Yeah, yeah. rallying. Though no, I mean, I do have to point out in Evita, generally the interpretation is that Che is just <laughs> the Argentinian man. That's the word for like dude in Argentina. Now some productions <laughs> have determined that it's Che Guevara, but. I think if you look at the source material, he's just the Argentinian everyman. <laughs> look, man, I don't want to hear too much more. I'm trying to avoid the noise on, on Evita. <laughs> uh, yeah, what would, I mean, I, I don't know what the noise of Evita would be because it's covered that she dies about uh, whoa, 30 seconds. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I guess the noise is, is uh, that she was less um, godlike than, than right. her country. The uh, spoiler is that there's a lot of white handkerchiefs. <laughs> they're like right. if you don't like white handkerchiefs you're okay at this show and then people right. go and they're like oh my god they tricked me <laughs> you tricked me oh yeah um all right what else what else in this episode or what else what are what are you thinking read, in this show like i read a little bit about um about her her uh you know her very young uh marriage to this to this uh was he a reporter rapist. Yeah. So like yeah. it's it's interesting because in my in in my read and watch of the show I was like she was raped right at least statutory rape like i mean the way it's shot it feels like it's yeah and it's like a tricky thing yeah and it's like a tricky thing to talk about because it's like a real person and also like i i don't you know i i don't you know i don't want to but whatever but it's uh, reading their her take on it was like she got married very young and like lied to the like her parents lied to the church to say that she was older than 17 so she could get married like it's very how old was she at the she was 17 okay okay i thought i actually thought from i mean not that it makes it better but from watching the show i wasn't sure if the character was like 14 or something at that time but But yeah it was just um i i read just like a couple of accounts and there's a lot of things that you know her her kids have basically sort of pieced together from her life but that she was obviously very private about that stuff but i thought it was an interesting um, you know, it's a hard topic to broach, obviously, in like a, a show, but it's um, was, uh, I don't know if that's what's on my mind. Yeah, I was just like well, thinking of that. I, this is sort of uh, spinning off from what you're saying, but but related. I I think one thing we haven't talked about this show that is interesting is that one of the key pieces of source material for this is just the oral history of the family as told by nicole fossey their daughter who's a pretty big character in the show really who is also a producer of the show so that's an interesting thing that like i mean i'm sure i'm sure it's also based on i did bob fossey have like an autobiography or 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 biography you know it's based on these journalistic um tellings from the time but a lot of it i think is also just 
essentially mad men if sally draper were a real person <laughs> right. and could could be like oh yeah could then recount. there was this thing where my mom did this and, and dad did that yeah um which is interesting because it it does you know like i think one of the things with gwen verdon and like he having recently heard some of an interview with her is like she was in her life pretty unwilling to like really speak ill of bob fossey or really like you know she she had a worldview that was very in line with with her time but to have like a different voice in the room be like i'm no, i'm gonna speak up for my mother and say yes you know she said she just got married early and it was a you know difficult marriage it's like no she got you know a stent she got raped and and the marriage was terrible and blah yeah, blah with like you an know, abusive it's like, alcoholic and right right it's this ability to sort of and you know who know i mean i'm i'm sure nicole fossey is also doesn't know everything about her parents lives and some of these things she's piecing together incorrectly or or in a less nuanced way or whatever but it, it's just interesting because you don't often see um with with historical things like this it's often based very solely on like the official account of a person's life right um what else what about just like overarching show things um well uh, one one thought i had i haven't really like fleshed it out but is three episodes in i am like and this is this is the counterpoint to something that we've said that's positive about it and so it's not a fully negative thing but i'm just not sure what it's building to yes so there's like it's it's hard to have all these title cards of like right uh, it's 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 obviously playing around a lot with time right and with how how time throughout your life affects other things and how contextually things can change and be different and totally but it's like you have to start making and i guess we're only three episodes in but it's like if we're liking it to improv, which no one will like this analogy except you and I, but it's like you have to start heightening, uh, or you have you have to like be in second beats before you can be in third beats, which happen yes. after the first beat. <laughs> like you yes. have to heighten a, a, a behavior or a and state like, of mind. Once once you start heightening, like that's your game, and keep heightening it. And right. in a certain in a certain way, it's like. Yeah, it's like we're like getting second beats of things and then going back being like, no, 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 let's talk more about the first beat of that. Uh, like, t- to me, I guess the the big thing is that I'm, I'm a little bit, like, not frustrated because it's all, it's all very compelling to watch, but, like, a little confused why we're still talking about the German translator who he slept with in the first episode. It feels like, it, like decades ago. Right. And, and it is because we are jumping through so many decades, but to be reminded that, like, I guess this central core story, and I don't know if it will last eight episodes or if it's just the central core story of three episodes, is, like, this period of time when Nicole was 10 years old and shortly following the filming of Cat. Like, if, if that's the story we're following is Cabaret's inception through, like, its premiere. And, and maybe that is what it is, and I just need to, like just get on that tempo and it'll be fine right. but i'm just i'm a little bit like god these people have so much life to talk about and like i if they keep going at this pace with that story like i am excited to meet young steven schwartz uh who i i forgot could be involved at all and i hope they right. cast somebody with an elastic enough face like uh, <laughs> thank you a young, a young jim carrey <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh just just straight up like a rubber mask you know what that gorilla mask could work <laughs> or they can get tim allen 
and use like the Star Wars digital effects that they used on uh, on Carrie Fisher to make him younger. Steven again. Schwartz would be like, why why not why not do that to me? It yeah. could be it could be me. So Steven Schwartz has age. to play Tim Allen. He has to play Buzz Lightyear in the live action <laughs> story. They announced like a big prestige Lion King style. It's like Woody will be played by uh, Colin know. Hanks. Co- <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, we just we went for the, the uh, a different angle this time. Uh, young Stephen Schwartz. Um, but yeah, I definitely yeah. understand that. That's that's a hard thing of like, what are we? What what's what's our anchor point? And you know what? Maybe that's their intention is to have it feel anchorless, but it, it is a little bit frustrating. Right, uh, and I I think part of it may come from the fact that that first episode very uh, in a very like cool way used that days till death device and yeah. i thought that was going to continue me too in a way that it hasn't uh i don't Although think it, it did ends, end right? it did end with th- this episode was days till the end i think is what it was oh it, it, oh, was, it did say that it, oh, it, did. Okay. it was it was that was gwen verdon's death which was i looked up i was like oh that's in 2000 so this episode did end with her that oh, final shot which i was calling the ellen burst in requiem for a dream shot sure which is her just living in not squalor but in like a lonely dark apartment alone um, that was 22 years before she like passed away, I think. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, but that was the last well, title card. It was like, till the end, I think is what it said. Right. That makes me wonder then if we'll eventually get to 2000, which would be kind of, I mean, in, in, in some way or another, which would be interesting because I assumed, you know, be, given that I assumed that like Fosse's death was sort of where they would end the story. But that's that's sort of exciting to think about the fact that they, they could keep going past that. Yeah. Um. Well, we're we're at about the, uh, yeah. the patented uh, Fosse Fellas Verdon viewers episode end time. Uh, any any other closing thoughts? Not no, just just looking forward to more. I, I'm en- I'm enjoying myself so far, and uh, yeah, I just I always keep on just saying like it's so weird to talk about something so soon after because I feel like I am a zero authority on it. But it's just like yeah, who who cares? That's the well, point of watching a TV uh, if show. If it makes you feel better, we're zero authorities on Smash as well. Where I am know. a goddamn Smash king. <laughs> <laughs> um i couldn't yeah, name I, you five characters in smash actually uh british D- guy derek mean man cynthia sylvia uh, cynthia Cynthia's Dor- dorito and dorito um, frito dorito frito and uh coriolanus <laughs> um yeah you got well so that's five you said you no, couldn't do it, it and you did it so <laughs> um yeah, I'm I'm excited to to keep watching too. I uh I you know, I have a weird thing with this show where I'm like I if I feel like in a good way, I'm I get a little like not anxious to watch, but I just I know it's going to be meaty. So I feel like I need to like find a time to like sit I down and watch way. it. Uh which is the sign of a good thing cuz like with Smash it was like, "Oh yeah, I can just pop Turn that on and, and like whatever." Yes, but with this show I'm like I'm like set it and forget it i'm just like i need to like be in the right space to like yeah. fully sit down and watch this show you gotta which like is... take an hour off and be like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna like actually spend some time ingesting this yeah and you and i get sort of lost in the show while i'm watching it like i'm not i'm not looking at my phone i'm not you yeah. know i'm like i'm sort of uh which is great because they only have eight episodes so like they're the fact that they're making those episodes count is exciting to me there's yeah. there's not a lot of fluff on this show i agree and the White Walkers are going to destroy Bob Fosse tonight, so can't wait. Yeah, the the white uh, uh, the white dancers, jazz jazz squares, <laughs> <The> white dancers. <laughs> uh, That's what Chicago was originally called. <laughs> yeah, the white dancers. Uh, 
it's gonna do like a I can't remember like a, a lip schwitz but do a stark or something or uh-huh. a um, uh what's another family name on that yeah, show like the that's lannisters maybe... the targaryens yeah yeah so do like a little uh yeah so it's like, like pop... star yeah it's like um i have to think of another it's like i have to think of another family name that isn't multiple syllables which is impossible it's like stark. well stark it's like stark lannister targaryen no lannister has to be last i think because that's like yeah. lip shits yeah it's like stark car stark lannister lip shits <laughs> all right we'll workshop that never bring it up again and never bring um, it up yep <laughs> uh, uh well, you can then, uh, if you're listening to this you probably already know about our twitter but you can check us out on twitter smash at, bros pod yep and uh, you uh can find me at mc scan i am uh jimmy blackman on twitter i think we we keep the outro where we say all these uh oh, the yeah. episodes so that's right. uh and you know just uh, rate and review us we're still you know we're still smash bros on itunes that is what this podcast is but we're just we got a aka right now uh but the podcast is still smash bros and uh, and you can email us i i recently discovered that we had like four emails that it never checked for months and months so i responded to all of them and um mostly said yeah sorry not no new season yet. Listen to Fosse Fellows Verdon viewers. Uh, that's podcastsmashbros at gmail.com. Uh, and until next week. Oh, shit. I forgot Wait. it now. I'm the one who always knows it. Hold on. Fosse, Fosse you later? Oh, it's not we'll, that. We'll, well. Oh, my God. What we'll, is it? Well, Fosse. Oh, God. We can pull up. I can pull up audio. It was like three. something, something, fellas. View you later, fellas. Later, fellas. <laughs> oh, wow. I really screwed the pooch on that one. Oh, no, not your fault. I should know it. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) To find more Smash Bros, go to smashbros.fun. That's S-M-A-S-H-B-R-O-S dot F-U-N. Or find us on iTunes, where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Smash Bros is produced in New York City by me, Marty Scanlon, and hosted by me and Jimmy Blackman. I'm on Twitter at Jimmy Blackman and Marty is at MC Scan. If you know Brian Darcy James and think he would be down to do this podcast and maybe sing on it for us, what the hell are you doing? Tell him to email us at podcastsmashbros at gmail.com. We'll see you next week on The Great White Way. And now, Brian Brian Darcy Darcy James. James.